You don't need a high-end designer or a lot of money to get a luxe look. Be your own interior designer with big design, small budget. Here's your host, Betsy Helmuth. Recently, I had a listener write in about lighting for his office. We'll be hearing his question momentarily. And I looked back at my old podcasts to see if I'd already addressed his question, and lo and behold, I have never done an episode about lighting. What is going on? There is still a lot to talk about, guys, and lighting is one of the most important elements in design. First of all, it helps you see everything else that's in the room, and second of all, it warms up a room and creates that cozy, comfortable feeling that we're all looking for. So today I'm going to be revealing my favorite thoughts about lighting and giving you the skinny on shades, etc. I'm Betsy Helmuth, this is Big Design Small Budget, and today we are doing Light It Up. Light it up, designers, because I want your space to glow with warmth and beauty. Let's get started. Before we jump in and get really specific about each lamp and what it does and what it should look like, I want to give some general thoughts about lighting because I have just some overarching points that should be kept in mind no matter what source you're searching for. First things first, every room, no matter how big, how small, needs three points of light on a human level. That means outside of overhead lights, which are harshing and flattering anyway, uh, which you probably know from my previous podcast and book, but Three points of light on a human level, meaning floor lamps, table lamps, sconces, something that's not too much taller than we are because it creates cozy pockets and pools of light throughout your room that not only help to illuminate it so that we can see, but also to create these areas that now feel defined not only by rugs and furniture, but also by pools of light. Now, when you're searching for a lamp, I want you to be thinking about something that's 100 watts or higher. Anything under 100 watts is not actually a lamp, it's a candle. So it's perfect for writing a letter to your favorite actor on Downton Abbey, but it is not ideal for doing much of anything else because it won't actually illuminate the room. So if there is a lamp that you've got your eye on that only takes a 60 watt bulb, certainly you may buy it and certainly I never want you to exceed the recommended wattage because that's a fire hazard which we do not condone here at Affordable Interior Design. But that does not count as one of your three cozy pools of light in the room. It's merely a candle and you must look for three additional lamps that take 100 watts or more. A lot of light bulbs are going the way of the energy saver and we're getting rid of the incandescence and moving on to something else. I am not a huge fan of the CFL bulbs that coil around. They're coming out with all these new studies that perhaps they're unhealthy and the lighting is horrible. Basically, I still purchase on both Amazon and at Home Depot incandescent bulbs. Now, they do have the Philips bulbs, the hue bulbs that can be any hue you want, as warm or as cool, any color. And I love them, but they're just very, very expensive and you need to be a little tech savvy in order to work with them. And so I'm just not really in that place yet, even though a lot of my clients are and good for you. And I think they're fantastic. Now, the other thing that you want to think about when you're looking for a light source, and if you're dealing with incandescent bulbs like I am, is that ideally you'd get a three-way switch or a dimmer on your lamp because that way you can affect how much light you want in the room without having to change the bulb or change the setting on your Hue app on your iPhone. 
So I love the idea of having a built-in kind of diffuser on your lamp in terms of the three-way switch or the dimmer. But a lot of lamps don't come with that. So I buy plug-in dimmers on Amazon.com or at your local hardware store. And basically it's a cord that plugs into your lamp and then plugs into the wall and it has a full range dimmer built in. So that way you can control how much light you want from every single lamp in your room. It costs like 10 bucks on Amazon and I absolutely love mine. Now let's get specific. Let's dive in. Let's kick this off with table lamps. So if you want to add color, personality, an interesting shape to your home, basically if you're in the market for a sculpture but can't afford one, table lamps are your jam. This is what you should be looking for because table lamps can be so adorable. They can be ceramic. They can be an animal. They can be all sorts of different materials and really add a visual element of interest to your space. The one thing that you want to keep in mind when sourcing these light-up sculptures is that you want the texture of the lamp to be different than the texture of the table. For instance, say your side table is wood. You would never, ever, ever select a wood table lamp because there's no contrast. There's no visual interest in that. It looks like you just went to the wood store and said, I'll take the lamp and the table, please. So instead, with a wood side table, you'd choose any other texture from glass to ceramic to acrylic to metal for that table lamp to really create that contrast that will look much more designerly. The other thing when you're shopping for a table lamp is typically you want the table lamp to be within three inches of the height of the table. So let's just say that the table is 26 inches high. You wouldn't go for a lamp that's any lower than 23, ideally. It can vary from room to room a little, but that's a general rule. And the best proportion is typically that they be the same height. So a 26-inch table would have a 26-inch lamp. That's kind of the golden ratio for tables and table lamps. Additionally, when I'm shopping for table lamps in a room that desperately needs lighting, I will only go for white shades or off-white shades because any other color or texture of shade will diffuse the amount of light that you get. For instance, a black shade lets out very little light. A red shade affects the pure light that comes through and doesn't actually add a lot of general illumination to the room. Also, it can set the tone and and make it feel a little bit brothily or theme room if you go with too many colorful shades. So I keep it simple and I almost always choose a white shade. Now, most table lamps come with their own shades and I highly recommend that versus trying to mix and match only because this is a little too much information, but shades attach to table lamps in lots of different ways. And so it's important to get a shade from the same company or the same line as the lamp if you're buying them separately. So that way you can ensure that your shade is going to attach to the lamp in a way that's most stable and won't rock back and forth or be crooked. Now let's talk about floor lamps. I love adding floor lamps to a room because they give a room height. You know, the interesting thing about living in New York City is that the skyline has got all this undulation to it. Some buildings are low, some are high, some are low. We're in the West Village, we're in these brownstones, and then whoops, we head up to Tribeca and downtown and we get tall again. And that gives our landscape visual interest. When you go to Missouri, I'll just use my home state, when you go to Missouri, 
All the homes are low in the places I grew up, all on one level. No undulation, no visual interest in that landscape. And it's just like this with your home. When you look around your home, your living room's landscape, do you have undulation? Are there some bookcases that are high, some tables that are low, some chairs that are wing back and a little bit higher, a sofa that's normal and a little bit lower? So think about that undulation in your room. And if your room is lacking height, which a lot of rooms are, then add a floor lamp because it will give that skyscraper effect that we love so much in Manhattan. So think about adding height and visual interest with a nice floor lamp. I typically don't go too crazy with the base. I just keep it nice and simple. But again, I'm looking for something that lets out a lot of wattage because the joy with a floor lamp is that it can really unleash a lot of light into a room, providing a large swath of illumination. It can really do a lot of work for you in a dark room if you choose a lamp that can have a lot of wattage. So in this case, I'm looking for a 150 watt bulb with a three-way switch, and I'm definitely plugging it into my dimmer switch and another thing with those cfl bulbs is they don't all dim same with leds so you want to make sure that when you're reading the package it says dimmable otherwise it will flicker rather than dim and that's just annoying now let's talk about sconces on walls so sconces are typically hardwired into your wall and it's a piece of lighting that's roughly on eye level or a little bit higher in a room Now, most rooms that are modern no longer incorporate sconces. It's kind of a pre-war thing to do. But if you're looking to spotlight a particular piece of artwork, or if you're living in one of those micro apartments we were talking about, you could do a wall lamp, which is a lamp that has a cord that is mounted externally. No need to have an electrician, just need a screwdriver. And you can screw it into the wall just like a picture, and then it has a cord that comes down with a cord cover that you put on top of it to conceal the plastic and make it look sleek and just like a continuation of the fixture. I have wall lamps in my bedroom because the area for my nightstands was quite small and I didn't want the complete surface area of my nightstand to be taken up with the base of a table lamp. So instead I chose wall sconces and we love them. They're really great, very minimal, and they're a little bit higher so they let out a broader swath of light just like a floor lamp. So that's something to think about, even if you don't have sconces already built into your apartment. Now let's get to that listener question that we had from listener Prescott, who wanted to know about lighting for his office. Let's segue to overheads and answer his question. He writes, Betsy, I recently moved myself back to Brooklyn. Moving is always such a fiasco, but it's also a little fun because I get to design my room from scratch. I love that, Prescott. Ugh. There is nothing that feels as good as designing from scratch. Am I right or am I right? In general, I'm bringing a lot of tried and tested furniture and decor, but I'm struggling with my lighting. The bedroom slash office is equipped only with a puny overhead light. Not only does this come from a single source in the center of the room, but it's also too small for the size of the room. Now you know Prescott from listening to the previous sections that I want you to have three lamps. Three lamps. So you mentioned that you have a stand-up lamp, one of those five-headed Hydra deals. Ouch. Am I allowed to just insert my opinions into this letter? (laughs) Too late. I hate those five-headed Hydra deals. I really don't like any of those multi-pronged lamps, but you already have it. You seem to like it. Keep your eye out for a different type of floor lamp. Let's keep going. You feel like you need something specific for the work area. 
Do you think I should go with something like you have in your Dumbo office and create a few hanging lamps or maybe more of a focus strip of LED lights? I know we talked about it on the last episode of The Busy Creator. He has a podcast that he invites me on quite a bit in terms of answering questions about creating a great work environment for small businesses. Um, And I'll put links to that website on my website so you can check it out because he has a great podcast with lots of interesting entrepreneurs. Anyway, let's keep going. Uh, Back to the letter. The good news is that you're not afraid, he's not afraid to wire up something himself and hack it. But there's not a lot of options at Home Depot. Well, that makes sense. So he's asking me if I have places at my fingertips that I love to go. So in my office that he's referring to in Dumbo, I had these hanging down lampshades that were on long cords that illuminated the desk area. Now there's pros and cons to these. The pro is that I was in a converted factory space. So having those exposed cords looked kind of cool rather than messy and tacky because they were draped over these pipes that were intrinsic to the space in front of raw brick, which was all just very raw and interesting. In most spaces, it's just going to look messy and unkempt. So I don't recommend just throwing a cord over a pipe and calling it a day. I also don't love the idea of LED strips for task lighting. So when you're working at a desk or reading in a chair, you want what's called task lighting, which is lighting that's very focused and angled over the place where you're working. Task lighting on a desk can mean something that has a gooseneck, the kind of arcs over your desk or working area or it can just be a table lamp that really directly illuminates the work surface and then in a reading chair or next to a chaise you might have a gooseneck lamp that serves as a task lamp there for reading that is very directional and highlights that area specifically overheads when they're used as a directional light that's very specific it can feel like an interrogation room it can be just a light bulb over a desk whether it's led or something else and it can be just too intense and not very soft or i don't know i don't feel so productive when i have an overhead bulb just shining down on me so i would really think about something with a nice shade to give off a softer light Prescott, you'd also asked about my specific vendors that I have in my pocket for lighting. And my favorite vendors when talking about table lamps are West Elm, Crate and Barrel, and Pottery Barn. All three locations have a lot of illumination choices that take 100 watts or more. And the other thing I love about them is they have really cool bases that do look like sculptures that come in a variety of textures from glass to metal, acrylic... All sorts of interesting looks that truly feel like sculptures, especially at Crate and Barrel. So that's my number one place for table lamps. Now let's talk about floor lamps. For floor lamps, I love World Market. Uh, They just got a new store. I think it's typically a West Coast chain, but now they have one in Manhattan around Union Square. Uh, And then I also love Overstock. And lampsplus.com is my favorite place to get lighting because you can sort the lighting by finish color, by wattage, by price point. So I find that when I'm looking there, I can really narrow my choices and get right to the catch. And I just think it's an efficient way to search and they have a great selection. 
In terms of overhead lights, I love shadesoflight.com, lumens.com, and I really like restorationhardware.com because when you're talking about an overhead light that hangs down, be it a chandelier or a pendant, you are immediately talking about a statement piece. And I think it's really a great idea to step it up Spend a little bit more and get that wow factor that'll punch people in the face, hopefully figuratively and not literally, when they walk in so that they can be like, ooh, where did you get that? It's just something that can really steal the show in an awesome way. So think about splurging on those overheads. Speaking of overheads, it's time for my design TMI. Design TMI. So, so many of us, myself included, have those horrible recessed cans in our space. And there's lots of ways that you can get rid of the horrible recessed cans that look so 90s-tastic. You could cover them up, you could rip out the ceiling and do something different, or you could go the path of least resistance and head to Amazon.com, which is what I did recently with my recessed cans. They had those horrible flood bulbs in them that just burned out constantly and let out this harsh light. So what they have now, which I didn't know about until my contractor offered me this option, are retrofit LED lights. Basically, they just pop in that hole that's left when you pop out the recessed can. They hook right up to the cords that are currently hanging there and it immediately transforms that bulky floodlight hollowed out tin can look into something that's sleek and flush against the ceiling. And if you get the ones that I did that say fully dimmable, you'll be able to have an experience that high, low, and is not so interrogational as we discussed before. So I love my retrofit dimmable LEDs. They have changed my life and all you have to do is measure that diameter and pop them in with the help of an electrician. It couldn't be easier. And in fact, I think even any handyman can do it since the lighting is already there. Each one of my retrofit LEDs cost under $20 And it has truly given my entire kitchen a drastic makeover. So that's my recent find. I couldn't be more in love. Speaking of in love, thank you so much, Catherine Heller, for all you do for our podcast. Thank you to Aton and the Embassy, whose catchy theme song I still have running through my head all these months later. And finally, to Affordable Interior Design, the premier place to get amazing design on a budget in New York City and now Westchester. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. We'll catch you next Tuesday here on BigDesignSmallBudget.com. And keep your questions coming. You can head to our podcast website or you can write me an email at Betsy at AffordableInteriorDesign.com. Talk to you next time. Bye.
that this is where you belong. Walking the streets like a dog.